from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. The legend of Voltron, defender of the universe. A mighty robot, loved by good, feared by evil. As Voltron's legend grew, peace settled across the galaxy. On planet Earth, a galaxy alliance was formed. Together with the good planets of the solar system, they maintained peace throughout the universe. Until a new horrible menace threatened the galaxy. Voltron was needed once more. This is the story of the super force of space explorers. Specially trained and sent by the Alliance to bring back Voltron, Defender of the Universe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to All Steak, No Sizzle, an honest, no BS look at life, sports, and entertainment. I am your host, Devin McKenzie, here once again for a brand new episode of Podcast Gold. On this week's episode, people, I got a very, very special guest, man. This is uh, <laughs> this is definitely a treat for me to uh, sit down and record with this brother, man. Y'all know him as D. Murph from the Why Not Sports podcast over the weekend me and d murph came together like voltron hence the intro of this episode and we came together like voltron man and uh talked about various topics man dealing with ncaa and uh college sports um in this episode you'll hear us talk about college athletes being paid uh different ncaa violations and uh different stories that's popped up over the years dealing with the ncaa uh, we talk about d murph's time as a college athlete college and high school athlete as a matter of fact so let's just say the brother knows what it's like to experience things that goes on as a college athlete and that's why i wanted to bring him on the show we talk about various uh topics such as the situation that happened at penn state a uh, situation going on right now down at Baylor University, Ohio State, USC, uh, SMU. We we talked about various different uh, topics. So something I really want to talk about for a long time. And I felt like who was better to get on the show than the guy that's experienced it himself. So we got Dean Murph on the show, man. Man, I really, 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 truly enjoy recording with this brother, man. This guy has a lot of energy, man. He's a really positive dude. He, he shares his, his experience as a college athlete, and he uses that experience to give his opinion on different topics that we talked about, man. And before we go any further, I just want to give a quick shout-out to my man Q over at the Critical Dump. Q is one of the people, he, he might be the main person that kind of put this together, man. He you know, suggested to me and suggested to D. Murph, man, that the two of us need to work together, man. So I took his advice and I reached out to D. Murph and D. Murph was more than willing to uh, jump on the show. And another shout out to the ladies at the Talk It Out podcast, Miss Gabby, Miss Joy, and Miss KT. Um, D. Murph was on their show and they were talking about our, basically our college athletes indentured service, talking about whether they should be paid or not. And that was such a great episode. It 
kind of spark some things in my mind and maybe uh, further reach out to D Murph, man. So shout out to the Talk It All podcast. Shout out to the Critical Dump, my man Q, for helping put this together. I thank y'all and all the listeners. Make sure y'all go check out their shows, Talk It Out, Talk It Out Black, and the Critical Dump. And while I'm doing shout-outs, let me go ahead and get my shout-outs out of the way. Uh, shout-out to, like I said, Talk It Out, Talk It Out Black. Make sure y'all check out those shows. Shout-out to Critical Dump. Definitely shout-out to Why Not Sports with my guest for today, D. Murph. Uh, shout-out to everybody in the pod squad. John from the John FX Podcast. Make sure you go check him out. Two Shots in the Brew. I'm really enjoying that show. I love the dynamic of the show. Everybody make sure y'all go check them out. Uh, to Kenya Talks, man, today is the anniversary of To Kenya Talks. Today, To Kenya Talks has been in existence for one year. And if I'm not mistaken, she's dropping that episode today. So make sure y'all go check out that episode. I might pop up on there somewhere. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> so go check out To Kenya Talks. And, you know, I'm going to say it on my show. Congratulations to you. Um... I'm proud of you. That, you know, for those of you that don't know, Takanya from the Takanya Talks podcast is my niece. Uh, she's the one that helped inspire me to do my show, man. So much love to her. Thank you for your inspiration. Keep doing what you're doing over there. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll come together again uh, and you know do some future shows. But this today is your day. You know, enjoy. Have a great show and. Uh, much more success for you. Um, another podcast I want to shout out real quick is the Glenn and Her podcast. Uh, for those of y'all who listened to my show before, I've shouted out the Two Uncool podcast. That podcast is no longer in existence. I was sad to, to see that show go, man. But Glenn from Two Uncool is now partnering up with his wife, and they now have the Glenn and Her podcast. I listened to the first episode. It was a great show. I'm I'm pl- Going to be listening to the episode two. I apologize, y'all. I haven't got a chance to listen to episode two yet. I will probably do that today, so I can uh, stay up. But I really enjoy the dynamic between the two of them. You can tell while the two of them are are, are married right now. It's a great night dynamic between the two of them. So make sure y'all go check out that show. And shout out to everybody in the Pie Squad, man. Um, I really enjoy you know being a part of this group. You got a lot of talented people coming together, you know, sharing their resources, man. It, it's, I'll be honest with you, man. When I first started doing this podcast, I was a little bit, you know, I was a little bit worried about, you know, um, going out there and, you know, putting shows out and, you know, people listening and, and being accepted. And, you know, my niece, she was a part of the pod squad and, you know, for, these shows to like, you know, accept me into the group too, man. You know, it really means a lot to me. You know, I'm doing an episode right now with my man D Murph, man. I've worked with uh, Q from the Critical Dump and John from the John FX podcast. I hope to one day work with everybody else. You know, especially shout out to you ladies at the, the Talk It Out podcast. I would really love to be on y'all show one day. I think it'd be a very interesting uh, conversation between us. And, and hey, invitation is out to y'all too. But um, got a lot of stuff coming up, man. And honestly, being a part of this, this squad, man, it, it it motivates me to keep going. You know, it was it was a time where I got a little bit, you know, down. But 
shout out to y'all, man. Y'all, y'all help boost the brother up, man. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to everybody, man. We need to keep continue collaborating with each other, supporting each other, man. It's good to know that we got people out there that got each other's backs, man. So shout out to the squad, man. Hashtag we all win. And one last announcement before we get into the show, man. I'm working on some future shows. I've already recorded one with a lovely young lady by the name of Angie. That's coming up in the near future. I got other episodes that I'm working on. I got some people that I've reached out to and kind of had some preliminary talks with, so we'll see how that goes. But um, <laughs> this week I was planning on putting out the actually the first episode of my a series of shows talking about integration of the schools in Mississippi. But what happened was is that um, I talked to D. Murph this week. We recorded this episode. And we talked uh, a lot about the situation that went down at Penn State. And as I was, literally as I was getting ready to put together the intro for uh, the show with my mother, um, news came out that the son of Jerry Sandusky, who was the central figure in the Penn State scandal, uh, his son was arrested for child molestation. And I'm like, man, I, I feel like this is like the I feel like I have to put this episode out now since we talked about the whole Penn State situation uh, at length in this episode. So in the outro, I'll jump into a little bit more about the, the the son of Jerry Sandusky. We we didn't talk about that on this episode with me and D Murph because it, it hadn't um, happened. The rest hadn't happened yet. So I'll jump into that a little bit more in the outro. But um, I, I just felt it, it, with the timing of it, I, I should have put this episode out so we can kind of lay down a foundation, kind of get an idea of what happened, you know, years ago, so that you can kind of understand why the, the rest of Jerry Sandusky's son now um, has such an impact now. So that ep- the episode with my mother will be coming out next week. So, <laughs> Mom, I'm sorry. I told you he's coming out this week. I apologize. I'll uh, I'll make it up to you <laughs> next week. So look forward to that. But until then, got my man D Murph on the show, people. Buckle up, man. D Murph is full of energy, man. You know, <laughs> D, you know, D Murphy, he's a good dude, man, full of energy, a lot of positivity, man. So let's go ahead and jump into this episode with my man D Murph. But before we do that, make sure y'all go check out his show, man. You can, you can listen to him on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And you know what? You can also check out my show on those platforms, man. I'm 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 official now. I made it to the big time. <laughs> so yeah, go check out my show on Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, and, and SoundCloud. Make sure y'all y'all like, subscribe, rate the show, leave your comments. If you have any comments about anything me and D Murph talked about in this episode, make sure you leave a comment, man. If you don't want to leave it on the iTunes or the SoundCloud page, you can shoot me a message personally. You can hit me up on Twitter at Devin the Six Three. That's D E V I N T H E Six Three. You can hit me up on Instagram at All Stake No Sizzle. It's one, you know, just one word. All Stake No Sizzle. All together. No, no hashtags. No space bars. No, no underscores. None of that. Just All Stake No Sizzle. I made it simple. 
or you can hit me up on Facebook. Just type in All Steak No Sizzle in your search bar and it'll pop right up. Also, if you want to shoot me an email personally, you can do so at asnspodcast at gmail.com. If you got questions, concerns, uh, ideas for future episodes, shoot me an email as well. So with all that being said, let's uh, let's stop all this yammering and let's jump into this conversation with me and my man D Murph from Why Not Sports. Welcome to the show. I have a very special guest. Uh, I gotta give this guy a proper introduction. <clears throat> I gave uh, Jonathan the Jonathan podcast a good intro. I gotta give D Murph one too. Uh, if, if Jonathan, if Jonathan the Jonathan's podcast is the quarterback, if Q is the running back of the pod squad, I'm gonna go ahead and call myself a tight end. This brother right here is our first round draft pick wide receiver from the Why Not Sports podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome D Murph to the show. Hey, man, I appreciate that, D, man, Devin, I appreciate that. So, man, I'm going to have to uh, update my, my social media as the first-round draft pick wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> man, hey, did you ever play football, man? Man, you know what? No, I never played because, well, two reasons. The first reason is if I got hit, I'm going to want to fight you. So that was one of the reasons why I didn't play. Number two, my uh, high school football coach, man, he was like, yo, Murph, you need to go football. You get a better chance of scholarships and look what, you know, look at the history of what we've been doing. You ain't going, you know, you're not going to, you know, go go far in basketball, so you need to come to football. So after he told me that my freshman year, I said, man, forget, I ain't even touching the football. That's including flag football. So that was, that was my main two reasons, man, why I don't, why I didn't play. Man, well, yeah, we'll, let's be jumping in there for us real quick, man. But first, uh, why don't you go ahead and let the people know uh, where you're from and uh, talk about your show and throw your social medias out there for everybody before we uh, jump into it. Cool, cool. Well, um, I'm D. Murph, y'all. Um, I'm from the Midwest originally, born and raised in Gary, Indiana, currently living in Houston, Texas. Got a lot of love for my Midwest family, in addition to you now, D. Uh, appreciate you, man. Um, the podcast is called Why Not Sports with D Murph. I drop every Monday. It basically talks about the good, bad, and the ugly of sports and how it impacts your everyday life. And with me being able to play basketball as long as I have, in addition to the transition to the corporate world, I combine the best of both because basketball and the things that I learned helped me to where I am today in society and as a professional. So I just combined those two and came up with Why Not Sports. And um, you can find me on Twitter at isdmurf. You can find me on IG at isdmurf. Um, you can find me on Facebook.com slash Why Not Sports. And you can find a podcast on most directories, SoundCloud, Google, and iTunes. So, so yeah, I, I've definitely checked out the show, man. I've done a little bit of research, man, for this episode, man, but I enjoyed the show, man. I appreciate uh, what, what, what's, your, what's your boy, uh, his name, uh, Roy? Big Roy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Big Roy, yeah. He's a former D1 athlete, too, man. Went to uh, um, D1, University of Texas in El Paso, man. Real good dude, too, man. So, yeah, I'm definitely glad to have him um, part of the podcast as well. Yeah, 
So, so I enjoy the show. Make sure y'all go out and check out his show too. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into this, man. Let's start off with with you. You kind of started uh, jumping into it a little bit about uh, playing basketball in high school, man. Like, why don't you uh, let people how good you were, man? Uh, <laughs> um, well, you know, usually I don't talk about my accolades, but uh, I mean, you know, play play high school ball in Chicago, man. For those who don't know my story. Yeah, I was born and raised in Gary, um, but due to um, just the, the violence and the lack of exposure for me at that time, uh, my family decided to move to Chicago where I can get that exposure, and I thank God for them, even to this day. Um, but, yeah, I went to high school, man, in, in Chicago and, and and did my thing. Uh, ended up you know, graduating with a high school diploma, uh, made All-State, All-American, uh, honorable mention, and for there, um, played you know college ball. Well, let me uh, let me jump in real quick, man. Did, did you ever play AAU ball? Yes, I did. Um, I played AAU ball freshman, sophomore year, and junior year. Those three years I played. My senior year, I did not play at all. All right. Well, talk to me about AAU ball, man. I've uh, done a little bit of research. I watched a couple documentaries. I you know read up on it. And basically, what I, well, let me tell you what I I figured out. Basically, what I gathered is that AU ball is basically summer ball, but it's almost more stringent of a schedule than your high school schedule because you have to travel around the country to different uh, camps, um, a lot of a lot of flying, different miles. And if you basically when you go to those camps, you basically in a, a building with some of the best high school players in the country, so the competition is even harder. So you got to play even harder than you were in your high school season. Is that correct? Kind of an accurate description. Yeah, that is correct, man. AAU ball for me it helped trans it helped me with the transition going into college because, like you said, due to traveling, the level of competition, and each you know year or each summer that you're playing, the team changes. Same as AAU. You know, unlike college, I mean, unlike high school, you basically know each year, you know, who's going to be on the team unless you get a transfer from, you know, a different area or a different state. But for the most part, AAU, and as I've said on numerous shows of mine, is AAU teaches you the business aspect. Each and every year, okay. uh, they don't have to bring you back to that team. Man, so basically, you, every, every year you kind of plan for your spot for the next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep, that is true because it's constantly it's a business. They want to make sure they get the 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 proper talent. They want to make sure they get the funding from whether it's you know Nike or Adidas or whoever that they um, get to sponsor the AAU team. You know, so they got to make sure they sell the team by saying, "Hey, I got a you know uh, you know five being the highest. I have a five star athlete that's going you know to this school. I got you know excuse me, I got a player going to this school. So the more people that they can sell." the more money they would get as far as for the team and the more exposure and the traveling that the, those guys will be able to do. Okay. Um, can, can you talk about what uh, what companies sponsor your AAU teams? Well, when I uh, play AAU ball, it was uh, Adidas. And it's funny because I don't even wear Adidas to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't wear Adidas in high school, as far as the high school team. I didn't wear it in college. And I don't even wear it as an adult, but yeah, we had uh, Adidas, man, and um, like I was saying, we we had a, a, a group of guys, man, out of the twelve 
um, that was on the team, man, ten of us end up going, you know, Division One. So um, unlike me, though, I had to, I did go to a JUCO for one year, though. Um, a lot of that was because me being impatient, and two, just wanted to give myself the best opportunity because I was waiting on a certain grade or a certain test to uh, to fall through. I want to talk about the JUCO, man. Uh, a lot of people might not even know what JUCO is. Explain that to the people what JUCO is. Okay. Um, so, so as I continue, so I ended up going to a junior college because I was waiting for my ACT score. So for those athletes that know what I'm talking about, y'all feel me. Um, I needed a certain score. I got it after, you know, after uh, the deadline. So it's kind of like, man. So it was, I was almost forced to go to a junior college. But if I'd have went to a, you know, four-year school, I would have to sit out a year. And because of my confidence in myself, I said, I'm not going to just, you know, sit out a year. I'm going to just play for this JUCO. So JUCO is a junior college. Um, some people go to junior college due to the lack of funds, due to, like me, who were waiting for a particular score or a certain grade point average to uh, be able to go. It's like basically, it's a good stepping stone to prepare you for a four-year university, whether it's academically or athletically. So, But for me, instead of me having to do the normal two years at a junior college, which is a smaller university, I only had to do one because I met the requirements for NCAA to go to a four-year university. Okay. Well, before you um, ended up going to JUCO and you were waiting for your scores, how many schools were sending you scholarship offers? Man. Oh, man. Um, I had I had about three shoeboxes, man. And I know people, especially for our, our age group, remember he got game. Those shoeboxes yeah. and those letters that you consistently get in the mail, whether it's from your house, the school, just from wherever they send mail, it, it, you know, it, it, I had a lot. I had a lot. And the biggest thing for me, um, was to be honest with you, and we talked about this earlier. I wanted to go somewhere where it was warm, because growing up in the Midwest, and you know I got love for y'all, but it, it gets cold, and I had to shovel yes. snow before a game and after a game. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, when I get to a certain point in my life, I don't want to do that. So uh, thank God, man. You know, I was able to come out here and play my uh, college ball in Texas. But to answer your original question, I had, man, I had three shoe boxes full of letters and people highly interested in me. Um, like I said, I had five D1 schools on me real hard, man. I had Princeton because of my IQ. I wasn't always okay. the, the, the fastest or jumped the highest, but I had the IQ. Then I had Ball okay. State, which is in uh, Indiana, you know, local. Um, had uh, University of Wisconsin. Had uh, of course my university um, was interested in me, but again, I, I told myself I was going to wait, which was Texas A&M and Corpus Christi. So those were the main four. And I had had a couple, you know, that was kind of in the mix, but um, but for right. the most part, I, I was pretty spread out um, as far as the university that was highly interested in me. Okay, well, what what school did you want to go to? To be honest, the school I really wanted to go to, man, you, you, uh, University of Texas, man. I, I, I felt like uh, going to, uh, and it was just in Austin, University of Texas, go Longhorn. So I uh, wanted to go there. Heard a lot of good things about the program. 
um, a, a national powerhouse. Of course, it's right. the state capital of the state that I saw myself really going to. Uh, because again, I wanted to go somewhere where it was south, where it was hot. So, um, but yeah, man, just wanted to go there. But end up playing them, you know, in my uh, in my playing uh, days in my university. So it was pretty cool. So I felt like I still was able to get something uh, that I was expecting when you know before I officially signed. So, but it was a good opportunity. I'm very thankful for it. All right, that's what's up, man. So. Being being a high school athlete, you you know recruited by all these different schools. What is that process like? Having coaches calling you and uh, getting letters and uh, making those visits to these different schools that you you're looking at. What what is that process like? At first, it's a headache. At first, and the reason why I say it's a headache, man, because I really didn't have no one to look up to or to mentor me through this process. So. You know, you had your coaches. Hey, Murphy, you got the letters. Then you go to your home, you got letters, and then you got the area and your high school and just people around you, family and friends, like, hey, what's going on? Where are you going? And the media. So you just almost like a whirlwind. And this is, you know, coming at 15, 16, 17 years old, which at that time, I mean, even as an adult, you know, a lot of us, especially as men, we struggle with so much. And with very little time to even think straight. But uh, it, it was it was hectic, man. But. Um, just even then, though, I, I, you know, just, you know, praying I made the right decision, but, um, just, 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 just knowing what you want out of the, the, out of the process. So, like you said, what school I want to go to? All right, well, I'm, I know I want to go somewhere where it's high. So I know that's kind of <laughs> biased, but it's kind of like, you know, I know what I want. I believe based on my work ethic, based on my talent, and if they really want me like they say they do, well, meet me halfway. So, um, so I kind of ease up some of the schools that were not in a warmer climate. <laughs> so that kind of helped eliminate some of the process, man, for me. And then I, then I went from as far as my major, which was, you know, accounting or business affiliated. So I kind of did my own personal research and saw who was pretty solid at, uh, at those type of uh, courses and the graduation rate and just combine the best, you know, combine the both between, you know, um, athletically as well as academically. And went from them, but I mean, it's, it's so definitely a definitely a challenge. So academics actually did play a part in your decision of where you ended up going. Yes, 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 and the reason why, man, and and I've said this to numerous people before, and I almost want to change the subject, but I'm not. But say that for later. I'm like Charles Oakley, but it's kind of like once <laughs> if come on, um, and you know where I'm getting it. It's kind of like once you. Once you do what you're supposed to do for that organization or for that university, once you're done, it's kind of like you're done. You either has been or it's kind of like, well, I have no more need for your service. Deuces. Right. So I felt like I wanted to put myself in a position not to be the typical jock. Okay, I go all, you know, four years or I hoop and not have nothing outside of my career, whether it's a job lined up or if I play professionally. Or just being able to take care of yourself once, in my eyes, I like to call the glory days or the days of uh, uh, not as much responsibility, i.e. work, family, you know, the, 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 the big stuff. So I just, I just wanted to prepare myself because I, I did my research and, you know, I, I looked at people 
that came out of high school, especially for those like in the Midwest, like the Chicagoland area. Uh, we had um, – Man, we had a few people, man. I mean, for no, not like a Kevin Garnett, but we had some guys that were beasting um, that wasn't able to, you know, go to that next level, which, you know, what are they doing today? It, it makes it tough. So I didn't I didn't want to put myself in that type of bind or that predicament where it's like, oh, man, Murph was that dude in high school, even in college, but what, what, he, what he at now? You know, so, so you living with his mama? You living with a girl? No, I'm not going to do that. Right. So do you do you think most athletes have that same mentality or they, they go in just worried about the basketball, like who I'm gonna be playing for, like who's the coach, what kind of system they're gonna run, how much time I'm gonna get? Is that you think that's like the main uh deciding factor of, of what school most athletes go to? Most and, and based on my experience, man, the athletes that I spoke to, it's it's kind of well it's kinda of almost in the middle, but if I were to say who will get the higher not, I would say, man, as, as student athletes, mainly athletes, as I should say, man, we're trying to go where we can hoop. Okay. Usually, usually it's either the, the uh, unless you go into like a North Carolina or a Duke where you don't even have to play and you get a chance to go to the league or play overseas, man, you're going to go to a right. school. You're going to be the star. Especially, okay. you know, in high school, you're the man. So you can go from the man to a school that you're not playing. That's just our, as a man, our ego. And a lot of us don't know how to handle a change in the environment, especially when it's going to affect, you know, our egos. And not playing definitely affects our ego. So to answer your question, man, now we we usually go places where we know we can go play. Academics are kind of like, oh, okay, cool, but it's not. I just want to do what I can do to still play, not deal with whatever else later. So let's go back to your situation. You're you you know in high school you played AAU ball. You you're the man in high school. You know all state all that, and then you had to go JUCO. Was that kind of a, a shot to the ego? A little bit. It really was. And 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 and, I, and the reason why I say a little bit because I had so many people like Yo Murph, man. You know just just go D one just to say you went and then you know you could tell them you're trying to get your game right. And you have so many people. Then you have the other people saying. Hey, you know, don't worry about what the naysayers. Go to JUCO, continue to polish your game, get that experience of playing, you know, uh, collegiate ball. So I was kind of, I've had so many people in my ear, but, but at the end of the day, it was one of the best decisions I made. It definitely humbled me, uh, first right. of all. And then, and then, and then too, when I did get that university opportunity or that not to start and be the captain and do what I did, it's kind of like, man. I know what it's like to be at a juco. I know what it's like to ride on the bus where, you know, you basically got grown men, you know, doing schoolwork. I mean, it ain't no luxuries in the junior college. Unlike a university, it's a little different because they have more funding. But, I mean, yeah, my ego was stroked a little bit because I had so many people put me on that pedestal, which, you know, I thank God I had a few people kind of keep me focusing at the bigger pictures where I didn't let that, you know, get the best of me. So at the end of the day, man, it, it, it definitely served its purpose. Okay. So once you make that, that transition to uh, A&L Corpus Christi, man, like you said you kind of kind of puffed your chest up a little bit more? I had to. I had to. One, just like I said in AAU, every year, man, you got people coming to take your spot, period. So here I am. 
having one year of collegiate basketball experience. Now, we got these guys like, oh, man, who is this dude, D. Murph? Who is this dude, Murph? I'm basically having that mentality. Like in high school and AAU, I'm coming in to make, make a name for myself. Still going to be respectful, but also set, set the bar early. Just like no matter what you do, you got to come in and set the expectation early. And I, and I, and I think I was able to do that. So I was able to start, you know, my sophomore, junior, as well as my senior year and had a pretty solid collegiate career, man. So again, I learned a lot. My game IQ increased and also being able to balance schoolwork, social life, as well as basketball. So that's why, again, I come, combine them all to come up with why not sports. You know, if it wasn't for that opportunity to play, you know, in my university, I wouldn't have been able to juggle all three and turn do what I'm doing in today with a family. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that family, man, but uh <laughs> Take your time, bro. Take your time, man. Take your time. No no rush, man. No rush at all. <laughs> but uh you actually kinda of transitioned into something I wanted to talk about. Um you, I listened to you on uh, the Talk It Out podcast and Critical Dump. Shout out to those shows, Gabby yes, and uh, K2. Mm-hmm. And, and on those shows, man, you kind of were talking about, well, especially on the Talk It Out podcast, you, you guys had a discussion about uh, should athletes be paid. And yes. you also, on episode 10 of your show, uh, you kind of jumped into it a little bit more, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Where the money at, yep. Yep, yep. So, I mean, we ain't going to jump into that too far, but just give, like, a, a brief a brief uh, description of how you feel uh, conversations for athletes is going right now and should there be any changes. And and to answer your question for those listeners, um, I believe as far as college athletes and the work that they have, that the average person or the average fan or the average supporter do not see. It's a lot of two-a-days, which means we have practice in the morning, then we have practice at night. In between practices, it's videos, it's workouts, it's schoolwork. And that can be five, six, or even a full week for, you know, at least a month of just consistent without no days off. So, in turn, it's hard to work to be able to, you know, have the necessities that you really need to be able to take care of yourself. So, um, at the end of the day, yes, I believe athletes should get paid. Not enough to where they can, you know, just ball out, but just enough to take care of their necessities and, and be able to, you know, have things that, you know, that, that they need. Let me, uh, let me throw some numbers at you, man. You're, you're, you're an accountant, so you, you, you like numbers. Let me throw some numbers at you real quick. Ooh, I'm ready. All right. Uh, are you familiar with Jonathan Franklin? You said Jonathan Franklin? Yeah. No. Who's that? He, I don't know who that is. He used to play a running back for uh, UCLA. I, I think he had a little bit of a time with the Green Bay Packers for a little bit. Okay. No, I don't so, know. Heard of him, though. Okay, uh, I was watching the documentary, and they were basically talking about, you know, compensation for a student-athlete. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, he went to UCLA. And UCLA basically said the value of that scholarship was $28,000 a year. But what they also, UCLA put a number on how much money it cost to make it through a year of college at UCLA, and that number was $31,500. 
So you subtract those two numbers, you come up uh, $3,500 short. Mm-hmm. So it's really a $3,500 gap between what that scholarship is worth and how much money it takes to make it through a year in school. So mm-hmm. $3,500 for an 18, 19-year-old kid is a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot. So as, as an athlete, how do you make up that $3,500 gap? That's a good question, man. Um, I would just say, man, you know, for me personally, um, I had great, great friends, great supporters, man, where they would once a weekend, man, especially if we was, you know, in town, man, they would, they would set up like a little potluck on campus and they would allow us, you know, as the hoopers to come through or just a few of our friends, you know, would have something or a few of the families, depending on, you know, if they had family close to the university or a hometown player, they would invite us, um, which is still with, within NCAA regulation. Um, they would allow us to come over, man, and I have to make sure I put that in there. But they allow us to come over, man, and eat and just hang out and chill, man. So, I mean, you know, again, I, I, I was fortunate, man, to have some people kind of stay consistent, man, for throughout my duration there at the university. However, if you wasn't, a part of the in crowd or didn't know about it, then yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to answer that question. But but for the most part, you know, it teaches you survival of the fittest, man. No excuses. Do what you do. Do what right. you need to do to maintain that scholarship and do what you can to get the best out of uh, not only academically but both uh, athletically. Well, uh, Arian Foster, uh, he played for the University of Tennessee. He was also a Houston yep. Tex. He was in the same yep. documentary. And he was talking about the same thing, about, you know, basically, like, survival. He was saying, like, we'll go out, play, uh, win the game. Everybody's excited, you know, cheering them. And then they'll go back to their room, and they don't have any food. Mm-hmm. And basically what he was saying was, like, one time he uh, called the coach and said, hey, coach, like, we don't have any food, man. We're, we're hungry. Like, even – we, you have to bring us some food, man, or we're going to have to go find some way to get some food. So yeah. Coach you know, brought, went to, like, Taco Bell and got, like, 50 tacos. And mm-hmm. then he said it. He was like, that's an NCAA violation. Correct. Yep, 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 yep. So how how how, how much of a fine line is it that you have to walk as an athlete to not violate NCAA rules? It's a tightrope, baby. <laughs> it's a tightrope. And that's one thing I've learned to carry me over into the real world. It's a tightrope. you got to do what you can to find, I ain't going to say loopholes, but find, know the rules and do what you can not to come close to bending them. Because if so, it, will, it definitely will be a lot of violations or penalties or fines that can definitely hurt you in the long run. But before I continue, that's why a lot of the uh, athletes, are, you know, basically going to professional football, basketball, baseball. Well, not really baseball, but professional basketball and football because it's kind of like you just said with Arian Foster. Man, Coach, we, you know, we had over thirty to 50,000 fans at this game. They cheering us on. We won, but now we're struggling to get some food. Right. You know what? Let me get a chance. Let me finish this year. I'm going to make these meals. But to answer your question, man, it, it's just one of those things that, 
it's a challenge. And that's why I, I have a lot of respect for the student athletes in particular because it's, it is a lot of things behind the scenes that do not get brought to the open or to the public that they do get to see behind the scenes. And to Arian Foster point, um, yeah, it is. This is how I know it. When a coach, when a coach, a booster, anybody within the university, if it do not get approved by the NCAA, such as buying you tacos or or somebody give you money, hey, my good game, man, here's a twenty, go get you some. If somebody would have caught that. That not not only would have got me in some type of trouble, but the university. Even if some of the smallest fan kind of you know knows the struggle to kind of have me hit a twenty, and if somebody seen it, yeah, that's that's our butt. So it's tough, man. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. But it teaches you a lot about business too, though. So definitely good for that experience. Great for that experience. Well, that, that brings up uh, a certain a certain case that I wanted to talk about. Um, you familiar with what happened to Ohio State in the 2000, I think it was 2010-2011 season with uh, Terrell Pryor? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he played a uh, quarterback, right? When the quarterback? Yep, yep. yep. So, and, and let, me, let me give a, a brief description for the listeners that might not know. Terrell Pryor was a really good quarterback at uh, Ohio State University. Ohio State. Um, and this it really pisses me off personally because Ohio State is one year. Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan State all had the exact same record, and this was before mm-hmm. they had the Big Ten. So Wisconsin ended up going to the Rose Bowl. Uh, yep. Ohio State ended up going to the Sugar Bowl, and I think Michigan State ended up going to the Capital One Bowl. Mm-hmm. But it's mad because Michigan State had beat Wisconsin earlier that year, and Wisconsin had beat Ohio State, but those two schools end up going to the, the better bowl games. But that's neither here nor there. That's me being butter. But got a shout out for this home state. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But what ended up happening was that NCAA found out that Pryor and a couple of his teammates had violated NCAA rules. They were exchanging memorabilia for money. They got free tattoos from a tattoo parlor. So they ended up being suspended for five games, and they found all this out before the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Well, here's where the shady part comes in, right? <clears throat> they found out they violated NCAA rules. They got suspended for five games, right? Mm-hmm. But they let them all play in the bowl game, and then they had a suspension take place the next year. <laughs> so now, now we're jumping into a situation of hypocrisy, right? Mm-hmm. Here you are, this kid, you know, he... Like you said, in most cases, like, you guys are, are sitting in those dorms hungry. You can't go out. You can't get jobs. There's no way for you to make money. Mm-hmm. But you bust him. He, he's cold busted. But you let him play in the bowl game, and then you say the first five games of next season, you can't play. Let me get your thoughts on, on, on that situation as far as letting him play in that bowl game but suspending him for the uh, first five games of the next season. Well, money talks, man. Throughout the whole year, just being real with you, we got too much money. We got too many investors. We got too much going on. We got too much on the line to not have you play unless you are hurt, which people can understand. But if you're not hurt and you've led us to this bowl game, oh, you're going to play. 
that's that's just politics. That's that, that's money. Think about okay. Think about they did suspend them. Man, man that, could you imagine with the fans and the boosters and and just the university as a whole? Right. Like why you wait till now? So I'm just being real with you. So just like I'm, I'm a change. I'm a shift this just a little bit. Tom Brady. Okay. Instead of them, instead of them suspending uh, Tom Brady at the end of the season, which might include playoffs, what they do? Wait to the beginning. So what that does is kind of give you an opportunity to prep your team, prep your statement. So let everybody know, you know, get them everybody prepped, so it won't be like, oh man, we we, we without our star quarterback. So it's kind of like now you get an off season, you get time to come up with your statements and come up with a plan, so it won't be as bad. But in the midst of the yeah. season, basically the biggest game of the year. No, we, no, we're not going to do that. We, 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 we're going to you know, put that aside, and then we worry about that later. Hey, and then on top of that, you got to realize that the bowl games, man. That's that's where a lot of the money of, from the NCAA is made in those bowl Absolutely. games. Absolutely, they got all got huge sponsors. They got, like you yeah. said, boosters are putting money into this. So. It, it's hypocritical because if it, if it's so bad for a player to you know uh, get some free tattoos or you know sell it, because they were it, man I'm gonna ask you about this but he, they were selling like memorabilia like uh, championship rings and uh, jerseys and pants and stuff like that to collectors so they can have money just to eat like if that's so bad why is it that you didn't spend them for that ball game like like you said it's all about the money. And it's greedy. They got they got what yeah. they want out of it, right? Exactly. That's why I tell people, man, if you can go to college, you can go, one, go for the experience, and two, if you can, get your degree. Because once you're done, that's it. Just like a job. I've said this before, too. It's hard to be loyal in today's workforce. I know I'm, I'm shifting a little bit, so just bear with me. I'm almost done. Give me like 30 seconds. You go to uh, the I got you. I got you. <laughs> you go to a job. Our grandparents, you know, 30, 50 years and they retire. But our society today is really back to how it was when we was in school. Hey, man, you better get yours before they get you. So learn what you can from that work spot or any type of experience to help your resume. So when you go to that next spot, you will, you know, be a step ahead. But that's just how the society works now. Get yours before they get you. I know that can be controversial, but, I mean, we all got to eat. I'm not going to be I'm just holding my thumbs like, well, I'm being a nice guy. Why am I not getting opportunity? No. <laughs> you got to find a way to get yours and still, you know, do it in a respectful manner to where you won't, you know, do nothing illegally or put someone in danger. Right. And, you know, and here's where the, the situation gets even worse, man. So Terrell Pryor, he – Played in the bowl game, right? And mm-hmm. before he started saying, like, I'm coming back from my, my senior year at in, uh, Ohio State. Well, I guess they went through the appeal process thinking he might get the suspension reduced, but they decided to stick to it. So instead mm-hmm. of going, he decided to go into the NFL supplemental draft. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they have a big in April, they have a supplemental draft. I want to say it's in July. And he was drafted by the Raiders. Well, mm-hmm. what happened was that the NFL then decided, hey, you were suspended in college for five games. We're going to stick to that. So your first five games in the NFL, you're, you're not going to play. You're going to be suspended. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I find that to be extremely hypocritical, seeing as how Chip Kelly, who used to coach the Oregon Ducks football yep, team, yep. And, yep, yep. and Pete Carroll, who used to coach uh, the USC teams, when mm-hmm. they had sanctions, they left. They left those schools, and they went to the NFL, and nothing happened to them. But a player has a five-game suspension. He comes over to the NFL, which is a completely different league, and he still has to serve as a suspension. <laughs> who said life was fair, sir? Who said it was fair? <laughs> That's why I tell anybody, man. That's good. That's a good point, man. And I, you know what? Let me. Let, I'm gonna say what I gotta say, but let me. Charles Oakley. It's the second time. Charles Oakley played with the New York Knicks for over ten years. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest rebounders, the greatest players that ever played for that university, and he's still putting his own money into that university. I mean, to the university, into that uh, organization. They kicked right. him out of the game. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, man. So that further just lets me know to what we were talking about before. If they got their eye on you, and no matter what you did for that organization or not, if they got their eye on you and they talk to the right people, you still going to feel those consequences. Exactly. Exactly. Same with Terrell Pryor. Well, we, okay, you trying to go to the NFL. Okay, well, I guess you thought you were going to bypass your suspension. We still going you know, that's gonna carry over to the NFL. Like you said, it didn't do, it didn't happen with Chip Kelly. It didn't happen with exactly. some of the other coaches that transitioned, excuse me, from college to professional. But when it came to this particular athlete who got the free tattoos and who was doing certain things that was outside of NCAA uh, sanctions, guess what? We want to make sure you feel it, and that's the world we live in, though. If we can find ways to prevent that. Which I know is easier said than done. We'll be we'll be okay. We'll be in a better predicament. But they will make an example of those who they feel they need to to keep us to stay woke. I know I'm changing kind of the, the title of the subject, but just being real. Exactly. And let me let me let me throw this aspect in it too. So Terrell Pryor leaves. He you know he said he was coming back, but he realized it's really nothing for me to gain here. I'm hungry. I'm not getting paid. I can go to the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. So then what happens is that the fans at Ohio State now hate him because he he left the school high and dry. He was their best player. He left. So right. now the fans have a problem with him. But as an athlete, how do you deal with that when the fans the fans are the ones that support you or whatnot? But when the NCAA is saying one thing and they're making you look like the bad guy, when, and it's another way, you're just hungry and you're just trying to eat. How do you deal with those fans? How do you deal with that? Well, one thing I've learned about life, man, you cannot please everybody. Even though, yes, yeah, the fans do support you, the fans help pay for your scholarship. I understand that. But I, I believe to Terrell Pryor's point, though, he did the fans some justice because it was kind of like if I stayed, you might not have seen the same player that you just seen a year ago because, you know, I'm being targeted. It's going to be really hard for me to eat. So I don't want to make the university look bad. So sometimes taking a step back and moving yourself, removing yourself from the whole situation is the better for you in the long run. Yeah, instantly it might look how it was. Oh, I hate you or you, you know, you, you know, a traitor. How could you? We've done this for you for so many years. True. But if you look at the scope of things, he kind of took himself from the situation. 
And as time came along, as we were talking about it today, it served its purpose. So that's why I try to make sure before I analyze anything, I look at the bigger picture. I try to get that person's side. I try to get other different I – mean, I try to get different people's sides or points of views before I ultimately say, oh, that was wrong or that was right. So I think he did the right thing. So, But you can't please everybody. Sometimes at the end of the day, you have to make decisions that is going to be best for you and yours. Exactly. And stick with and stick with the decision and be ready for the consequences, good or bad. That's what being an adult is all about, man. It's <laughs> being real, man. Yeah. I, I got to mention Pete Carroll, man. I wanted to jump into the whole USC situation a little bit, man. And once again, for those that don't know, uh, Reggie Bush. But really, it was two players. A lot of people forget it was Reggie Bush and O.J. Mayo who played basketball for it. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. But, and Tim um, Floyd was the coach there too for the for the basketball team, men's basketball team. Just to add to it. Yep. 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 So Reggie Bush and and here's the thing, man. I knew this was coming, man, because Reggie Bush had he was in a what's the name of that that car magazine, man. Um, man, why am I drawing a blank right now? But he was in some car magazine coming out of high school with a pimped out, like, 96 and pilot. I'm like, oh, that boy's about to get busted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Reggie Bush was receiving gifts from uh, different people. I think he got cars, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, they bought his mama a house or something like that. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, once they realized that these violations took place, USC had all of their wins from 2004 and 2005 vacated, which included a national championship. Uh, Reggie Bush won the Heisman Trophy. That was uh, taken away from him. And, and like, the penalties were pretty rough. They had a two-year bowl ban, so they couldn't play any bowl games for two years. Mm-hmm. They took away, like, 30 scholarships from the, from the team. If you know anything about college football, uh, getting those, those top recruits is a big thing. And how many mm-hmm. scholarships you can offer determines how big and how good of a recruiting class you can get. So if you take away 10 of those scholarships per year, yeah, right. that, that's, a, that's a pretty stiff penalty. And the basketball team received some penalties too, but I basically want to look at the, the Reggie Bush, the football side of it. It was, it was, it was a really harsh penalty that they gave uh, USC. Mm-hmm. I they, agree. And, but to compare that to what is called the death penalty, which uh, – Southern Methodist University got before that, it, it's, it's pretty much the closest thing you can get to the death penalty. Basically, the death penalty is that your, your, your program is shut down for a year. You don't play football at all. You're not on TV or anything like that. Right. Looking, looking at the USC situation, did you think that they deserve that, that harsh of a penalty? I, I'm, I'm going to say no, man. And the reason why I'm going to say no because you have, first of all, excuse me, first of all, that university is one of the, at that time anyway, is a very prestige powerhouse university. So what do you tell those fans that has those news paper clippings, who has the DVDs, who has the magazines, who has the newspaper clipping, Heisman Trophy winner, Reggie Bush, USC that particular year, you know, one of the best teams ever. What are you supposed to tell them? Hey, guys, now that this these wins have been taken away, Reggie Bush has, um, quote-unquote, lost his Heisman. 
take it down. No, you can't take away those fans who paid to see those games. You can't take away the time that those fans or those supporters who watched it, you can't take that time away. So at the end of the day, yeah, that's quote-unquote, I like to do quote-unquote a lot, especially, you know, for my listeners out there, but it's one of those things that, that's a material thing. In my eyes, when they take, when they, when they talk about Heisman winners, I'm going to still put Reggie Bush amongst the Heisman Trophy winners. I'm going to put Reggie Bush as one of the most elite running backs I've ever seen because, one, you can't take away his talent. You can't take the impact that he has from NCAA and from that university and what he did in college sports. Now, if the media want to run with the penalties, like, oh, we can't, we can't promote Reggie Bush and Heisman, that's on them. But as far right. as people like me who play sports and know what it's like to be on top and to do, you know, be successful, you can't take those away. You can't. Right. Just, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> and I say, I say it all the time, man. Like, I ask people, like, who won the 2004 National Championship? USC. Yeah. You know what yeah. I know? Because I watched the game. It happened. Yeah. It's not like you do. <laughs> <laughs> <It happened>. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, you know what, Devin? Now that now we said this, you cannot ever say that USC was a champion. You cannot say Reggie Bush was a Heisman winner because they violated rules. He was like, whatever. So I'm just saying, being real, man. All right. So, so you 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 do think that that was a little bit harsh? Yeah, I think I think what should have happened, man, and I've said it before, have them pay a penalty. Just like anything else, if, if if you lose a house, you got to pay a penalty or it's a striker against you. But, you you know what I'm saying, you don't really take it away unless that person, right. you know what I'm saying, just give it to you. But if it, if they earned it, it's theirs. You've earned that house, it's yours. So if you lose it due to financial, whatever, issues or something came up, hey, let that person and that organization or company work it out to where, you know, it's cool. But you can't take away what the time he prepped and the game time, um, um, things that he did to be very successful. So you can't take that away. Just find a way to talk amongst yourselves. As they say, keep it in-house and let the right. you know media know, okay, well, we did penalize or we counseled or we reprimanded, you know, Reggie Bush for, you know, this amount of money. Because they, what, what they do in the league? Okay, well, we find this person for, boom. They usually don't ban anybody unless it's something super exceptional. But they'll just find them and they go on their happy way. Exactly. And before I, I want to get I'm, – I'm throwing all these cases out there to build up to something big. But I got one more case. I kind of brought it up, SMU. I said they got the death penalty, which basically meant that that program was basically shut down for two years. They didn't play football at all. And mm-hmm. basically what they were doing, literally like the – the school and, like, the governor of the state of Texas was paying uh, players to go to uh, SMU. Mm-hmm. So probably most famous was uh, Eric Dickerson and other mm-hmm. players that ended up going there. So NCAA found out about this, and they said, okay, this program, and the term they use is lack of institutional control. And they said, we're shutting this program down. It's dirty. We, we just going to shut this program down for paying their players, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I throw all these cases, I throw Terrell Pryor, I throw uh, USC, I throw SMU out there to lead to the, the main reason I had you on the show. Penn State University. Mm-hmm. 
Penn State, for those of you that don't know, you've been living under a rock for the past five years. Penn State has <laughs> – Penn State University was coached by a guy named Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno is the leading – he's got the most wins in uh, college football history. His defensive coordinator was a guy named Jerry Sandusky. When people talk mm-hmm. about Penn State, they call linebacker you. And basically Jerry, mm-hmm. Jerry Sandusky is that built that defense. That's, that's his calling card for that school. Jerry Sandusky was running a charity for at trouble youth um, in in the city. I think it was in Happy Valley in Happy Valley, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, even going back into the seventies, Jerry Sandusky had been molesting children uh, using his charity. He he's done it um, on Penn State's grounds and. It had been going on for, for years. Mm-hmm. They found out in 1998, one of the assistant coaches went to well, basically walked into the shower and saw Jerry Sandusky having sex with a little boy in the shower. So he, this uh, assistant coach went and told Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno told the higher-ups. And then something happened where no one told the police about this. But they knew they knew Jerry Sandusky had done it. But for some reason, Jerry Sandusky was still allowed to use Penn State facilities for his charity from 1998 up until 2011. Mm-hmm. So when NCAA found out, well, when people found out about it, then they wanted to investigate it. And Jerry Sandusky's in prison now. He's <laughs> when they sentenced him. They originally said he was going to get up to like 400 years in prison, but he ended up getting 30 to 60 years. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me, let me let you jump in here. What did, what did you think about this whole situation when you first ho- found out about what happened at Penn State? Well, I'm gonna backtrack. As far as the SMU, as far as the the paying people to go to the university, just like I was saying earlier in the show, AAU, and even in today's society, don't people recruit? Don't you recruit talented people to join your team? Yeah. That's a way of recruiting, but because of NCAA sanctions, you know, it's sort of just a tight line. But, but uh, so yeah, I just want to throw that part in there. So, um, but for the Penn State scandal, I guess when they say keep it, uh, keep information behind these uh, these walls, man. Hey, I think I think that's a prime example. Uh, It's definitely unfortunate. Uh, I know Jerry Paterno got a lot of flack because they did say he knew, which he did know, and that's a head coach. And I'm not blaming him for it all because he did do his work. Allegedly, he did his part to tell those people that was higher up. But as we said throughout this show, once you have a name for yourself, linebacker you, a powerhouse university, you breed NFL players. Right. Under the rug until it got out of hand, and unfortunately, rest in peace to Coach Joe Paterno. He died heartbroken. Stress yeah, level he, was crazy. Yeah, they they fired him in like November. I think he died like that January, like three months yeah, later. No, no, I can only imagine that. And, and I'm I'm just I'm taking it I'm taking it deep. But that let that let me know that he did he poured everything he had 
into his players, into that university, because for him to get fired and then two months later you're no longer here, he he was heartbroken on the the negative responses and feedback that everybody was giving him. Just like I told you before, we was talking about Terrell Pryor in Ohio State. Sometimes you got to take a step back and see what the bigger picture is before you you know if before you point that finger. Understand why you point that finger because three or four might come back on you. So. I think Paterno, he did what he's supposed to do. The higher-uppers didn't do their part. So now, guess who is no longer here to tell the story? Joe Paterno. But, you know, those people that's higher up, I'm sure they're no longer there, but they're still here. They're feeling the guilt. But they they didn't feel the weight like Paterno did because those guys were behind the scenes that people didn't see. All they were mainly talking about was uh, Mike Mike McQuarrie and then Jake Dusty. Yeah, McCreary was the assistant coach that uh, saw Sandusky uh, raping the boy in, in, the, in the locker and then told him. Right. That's why I brought his name up for those listeners that wasn't sure when they said who's seen. Just to look out. And, you know, just so people know, uh, the basically there was four people that uh, caught flack for uh, the situation. Well, five. Sandusky, the main one, and then the, the athletic director, the president, um, I think one guy was like the head of security at Joe Paterno. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other three people are currently like they're awaiting trial right now for you know basically criminal charges for um, basically putting a child child in danger and uh, basically not doing what it was they were supposed to do. And as far as Joe Paterno goes, yeah, Joe Paterno he did report it, and the higher ups didn't. Uh, didn't do what they were supposed to do. But I still feel like Joe Paterno could have and should have done more. I agree with that. I agree with that. And and the reason why I say that is because uh, Joe Paterno was looked at as a god on that capital. And as a man, if if I know that this guy is in my building uh, doing this, and he's still there, you know, ten years later. I'm not gonna feel. I'm not gonna feel right about that. Okay, like, Kevin. If, let me if, ask if, you this though. Let me ask you this. Okay. What if he? What if he continued to? What? What if he continued to talk to those people up above, and they still haven't done that? So, do you think he should have left Penn State, and then people really been upset? At, just giving it a different, a different spin. What if he was constantly like, "Yo, guys." Hey, he. It's another report. I don't know how much I can, you know, not bring it up. Well, can you guys do something? I'm like this. That was Joe fucking Paterno. He basically ran that town. Okay. If Joe, if Joe Paterno talks, people listen. So I think either he could have said, "Hey, either y'all do something about this, or I." Or he leaves. Yep. Yep. Or not, not even leave. Like he goes and talks to people that can actually get something done. Like he actually reports it to the police or takes it to you know higher ups. And in, in but retaliation, though. Retaliation. Oh, you want to go against us after you told us? We told you we got it. Now we got to let you go. Well, we got to make sure we make you feel the repercussions because you should. You didn't follow. 
you know, the protocol as far as keeping your mouth shut. I'm just giving a different perspective. Retaliation true, true. is real and, life. And you know what? I agree with you. But here, here's the thing. To me, <laughs> this sounds like some mafia shit to me, man. Hey, 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 it's real life out here, man. <laughs> so I keep telling people, it's real life. That's why I'm glad to talk. Just think outside the box with me just for a minute. That's all. But that's why I want to bring that up, man. Joe, we heard you. Joe, we heard you. Joe, all right, Joe, whatever. We, You know, so Joe's right. like, forget it. After a while, he's like, all right, you say, you know, I got to win games. I got more people riding on me. At least I did my part. Boom. I mean, I still need to keep my job because, like you said, he's – Steady, he's comfortable with what he does. He's constantly bringing in these high recruits. Uh, he kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm in a pretty good position. I ain't going to blow it just to stand. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, assuming from what I'm trying to display to the listeners. Hey, I'm I'm good. I, I, I did my part. I kind of stepped my – I put my neck out, and they still not following my lead. Then I guess I'm going to do what they paid me to do, which is win football games. That's all I got to say. <laughs> and, <laughs> man, and you know what, man? That, that kind of goes back to like this, this philosophy I have about sports, man. And it, it's real simple. Sports is not real life, man. Sports and real life cannot go together, man. It just doesn't. Because in real life, if that happens, man, you you supposed to step up and you supposed to make sure it doesn't happen anymore, man. But because it's sports and you can't tarnish the Penn State name. I guess, okay, you can let kids get raped at your school, man, I guess. <laughs> well, and, 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 and I'm glad you said that because, you know, I, I believe in the opposite. I believe sports has a lot to do with life. But look at – just take away sports. What if what if it was a neighbor of yours who, you know, you, you living in that neighborhood and you know in and out, it's, something ain't right, whether it's selling drugs, whether it's, whether it's prostitution. Everybody knows the 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 HOA or or the the, the the president of that subdivision knows they've received a lot of complaints, but they still ain't did nothing. But everybody kind of just like, well, I mean, as long as it ain't mine, you know, it's kind of like, what do you do unless you move and move yourself out of the situation? I know that's kind of a bad extent as far as an example, but that, in real life, there's things that aren't pushed under the rug too. Uh, you know what, man? Students. Hey, you know what, man? You're right, man. I can't argue I'm just, that. <laughs> I'm just giving. I just have to defend my sport because I'm very passionate about. I believe they both go hand in hand. You know, but but no, I just wanted to bring a different perspective, man, just for the listeners, no. But no, but you are right too, though. I can see why you say so. Opposite. But it's a lot of things, whether sports or not, man. People continue to put it on the rug and kind of like, you good? I'm good. If not, you know the retaliation. All right, good. Just let it be. You know, that's why, that's why I believe I'm very outspoken because I'm like, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Or if I got something to say, I'm going to say it. Whether I'm right or wrong, but I just, hey, I'm, I've been doing this for over 30 years. So, so far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let me, uh, let me throw this at you. So, after, after everything was settled, after Jerry Sandusky went to prison, the uh, other administrators are, they're awaiting trial right now. But yep. the NCAA, they did an investigation. Um, the they had an independent uh, investigator come in and get and find, you know, do a report. And after everything, after they found out everything, they laid sanctions on Penn State. 
Mm-hmm. And let me make sure I got this right. They gave him a – they lost 10 scholarships per year. Mm-hmm. For, um, they limited the number of scholarships they could have total. Typically, mm-hmm. in NCAA basketball, I mean NCAA football, a team gets a total of 85 scholarships uh, per year. That's about right. And they were limited to 65. So that's like, no matter after that, you can only have 65 scholarship players on your team. Which mm-hmm. is the reason why that's rough is because now that's less high level athletes you can have on your team now. Correct. You have 65 scholarship players, and now you got to fill in that other 20 with uh, walk-ons of players that might not have the skills as those other players. People have to pay Correct. for their own education. Correct. So they gave him that. They fired Joe Paterno. Um, they gave him a bold. They gave him a postseason ban of four years. Mm-hmm. But what happened was is that after one year, they said, "Okay, that's good enough. You can play in the, in the postseason now." And they only took a scholarship for from for two years. So they basically they hit him with a, a pretty harsh penalty, but then they pulled back on it. So really, at the end of the day, the penalty that they got was actually less of a penalty that USC got for Reggie Bush getting money. That's now, powerful. Now, That's deep. Now, I have a huge problem with that, right? I, I, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. So basically what you just told everybody is raising a little kid on your campus yep. is now less of an offense than taking money and talking to an agent. That's basically what you just told the world. Hey, AD, can because, I say something? Go ahead, man. man. Man, this life for us is not fair. That's all I got to say. <laughs> being real, it's being real. We don't have that same leverage. We do not have that same room for error, man. That was a perfect example. Perfect example. I, I just want to say that, man. You can continue. <laughs> right. But the thing is, like, you, like, what example are you are, are you setting right now, man? Because mm-hmm. that. That then transitions into what's going on right now at Baylor University. You're, you're right there in Texas, so you probably know a lot more about it than I do. Talking about the uh, the sex hey. scandal with the football team? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's yeah. – It's like I think it's like 52 uh, allegations of rape on, on campus that um, the coach and the team president and the AD was hiding. So it's like you're – you're telling us that, uh, hey, you cannot pay these players. You pay these players, we're going to shut your program down or we're going to, uh, you know, put you in a band for two years. But if you rape kids and, and, and women, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll slap you on the wrist. That's basically Let me say I'm Maybe if they paid the players, some of this allegation stuff won't be as high. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> some of the players are sleeping with people for money. I'm just saying, at this point of the show, at this point of the show, D, maybe they sleeping with these women for for for, for money, and if they, you know, find another one, they're kind of like, you know, leave me alone. Oh, you rape me. I'm just giving a different perspective. 
or they're not meeting their part of the bargain once they sleep with whoever, then that's when I'm again I'm not saying that a lot of it is not true. I'm just saying you pay yeah. the players, I believe a lot of these sanctions and allegations stuff wouldn't even be necessary. They can really focus on the enjoyment of the sport and let these student athletes enjoy their college experience. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can run with that one, man. <laughs> that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the show, man. We got we got to spark up some type of controversy, or at least something for the people to talk about. Right, right. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because, but uh, my thing is, it, the problem that I have with it's really not okay. Yeah, the player. If, if the players did do these things, yeah, that's definitely a problem. The problem that I have is that the fact that the, the president, the uh, athletic director, and the coach was basically hiding this stuff. And it's like, well, these these are the people that are supposed to, uh, you know, uphold the laws and you know do the right thing. But the president, the president of the school, is the one that was hiding this stuff. So it's like, let me, let me well, let me put it like this: you you have kids, right, Demer? Yes, sir. Three of them. I see it loud and proud. <laughs> so, would you feel comfortable sending your kids to Penn State and Baylor right now? No, sir. Not at all. Not at all. Nope. And I'm glad you said that. I would tell my kids, if you get a whiff or something like that, if the university is having it, you tell me. As a parent, right. I'm going to make sure I make something happen. So. Right. I bet you my and, kid won't go there, though. And if they add, well, Mr. Murphy, why are you taking your kid? I guess it's going to be up to me to let some things be known. <laughs> hey, y'all, I'm not going to say in detail, but y'all need to investigate the athletic program because it's something not right. So I'm going to happily take my beautiful kid and put them in a better environment, at least for the next few years of, of their, you know, college experience, of their college life, and then go from there. So I won't bash them, but I'll at least, you know, put it out there while I'm taking them, especially, you know, they one of the marquee players on the team. Right. Well, well. so here's what's weird about that, right? So uh, signing day was, was uh, just a couple weeks ago. You know, basically mm-hmm. that's the day that all the, all the recruits signed their letters saying that they're going to this school. Right. And basically this whole sex scandal broke down, last, like, May of last year. So he had a fire in the coast. They fired the athletic director. Uh, Ken Starr, the president, he ended up leaving. So after all this sex scandal, Baylor had their best recruiting class in the past five years. And it, it, it blows my mind. After, after all this came out, Baylor had their best recruiting class of the past five years. So, I mean, as a parent, like, how do you then? How do you find out all this, and then your kid let your kid go to Baylor at that point? Uh, and for for the sake of the show, man, it's it just um the the thing I can think of for them to have the best recruiting class, like you said, in the past five years is one. They might have had. You never know. They might once they clean house, they maybe had the great football players come back and even help recruit like a RG three. You see what I'm saying? Hey, man, I get RG three say he gonna you know each each summer he gonna come up here at least for a few days 
and give us some training or give us the tips and bring other NFL players. You see what I'm saying? That is might right. be that might be something that RG three might be doing. Now that they clean house, they want to start a new league, and now they're bringing in new things and bringing in a, a, a different outlook and bringing in somebody is even even right now, even though he hasn't done much in Cleveland or the last couple of years in Washington, I still will have I still have a lot of respect for RG three. So I believe I believe that's what they might be doing. And then he bringing in other people in the league, and they might be doing workouts and things like that. And they might be like, hey, man, you know, NFL players every year, man, every summer coming, give us some tips, man. Oh, man, for real? Oh, man, Baylor's a school to go to. Just that quick. Okay. Especially when it's something like that, in my opinion. Yeah, because, like, to me, that, that was mind-blowing, man. Like, I, and I, yeah. I, I equate it to, like, the Penn State thing, man. Like, I couldn't imagine, you know, I'm, you know, a senior in high school. You know, maybe I committed to Penn State, and then this whole thing comes down. Like, yeah. man, no, I'm not going to Penn State at that point, man. Like, I thought, me, it would be just like the same thing with Baylor, but apparently I was wrong. Maybe, And maybe you're right. Maybe they had some of the, the uh, former players come in and say, look, you know, they, they clean house and things are different now and da 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 But at the same time, like, I would think that maybe a, a Texas A&M or – uh, yeah, SMU UT, Texas Tech. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe some of those schools, they use that scandal as like a recruiting tool for them. It's like, you don't want to go there, man. You see what's True. going on. on come here. Yeah. And I'm glad but you said some, that, too. Yeah. Because there are other times, too, dog, when you have people that commit to a school, they can always, especially if it's a scandal or something major that happens to their coach, whether he leaves, you can. They, you still have an opportunity to go to another university, right? Well, it is certain is, clauses like, that you can yeah, make that move. Say, it's, like, it's like certain rules, like with Penn State, uh, Penn State and SMU. I know once those penalties came down, if uh, any of the players wanted to leave, they got to leave and go play right away. But typically, yep. if you if you try, if you leave a school, you have to sit out a year, and then you can play for that that school, right? Now, uh, well, since I got you on the horn, man, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about uh, transfer rights? That's tough. That's one part. <laughs> That's tough, man. That, that that probably is the biggest thing. Well, outside of not paying the student athlete, the transferring policy. So for those listeners that do not know, when you transfer, well, within NCAA Division One, you know, I can't really speak for other, other divisions, but if you were to transfer, Say you're a sophomore and you want to transfer to another university. Uh, that's and that's D1. You have to sit out that year, and you lose a year of eligibility. So when you do be able to play, you'll be a senior. Exactly. No, that's so. Yeah, I don't understand that, man. That's why that between that and not paying a student athlete, it's horrible. Because I, I feel like why would you transfer unless you're going to like I said earlier in the show. You're going to a powerhouse as far as basketball is concerned, a Duke, a North Carolina, um, that you know you're going to go somewhere after, you know, your collegiate career is done. Because those schools in their sleep produce professional basketball players. So, right. thank God and, I have to one, that. And one, like, hypocritical thing about it is that you don't allow students to transfer to different schools, but if if that student is if that athlete isn't playing up to your standards and you want to open up a scholarship for a guy that's coming out next year, 
you'll get you'll kick that kid off of your team. Come and, on. But it's like, <laughs> but he doesn't have that choice to you know to move to different schools without you know paying a penalty. You know what I mean? Welcome to the real world. Uh, man, I be trying to tell people, man, that co- the college experience on and off the court taught me a lot about life. You have to learn to, one, learn how to work in, in the system. Two, get what you can out of your organization as much as you can to benefit you in the long run because it's not guaranteed they will keep you. And, and also just being able to work with different cultures, different backgrounds. Because without those, it's going to be tough. Exactly. And, and like you said, <laughs> those skills do transfer into, you know, whatever, you know, field you get into after that. Say that again? No, I'm saying, like, those those skills that you're talking about, those skills transfer and do prepare you for the real world. But it's like Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But at the same yeah. time, you got to go through a lot of bullshit to get that lesson, too. Ooh, right? <laughs> man. <laughs> Like I said, man, that's why I, I – and I want to give a shout-out to KT from Talk It Out. If you did not see the episode, I'm kind of plugging them and myself at the same time. But I did do an episode <laughs> our college athlete um, and servant. Uh, and, and servant. And, and indentured servants. Thank you. So I don't even know the own title of the episode I did. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> it was basically – it's one of those things. She said, Derek, you always have a positive attitude. And you have to because the way this world is made up, B, it it needs people like us to put things that may be behind the scenes that might not be out in the open. So I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to talk on, on your platform. And, and also it gives, you know, what you're doing, it just shows people that if you do your research, Try not to make the same mistakes that these people before us did. Try to do something where you can bring, basically make this world a better place now that you're in it, however it is. If you have one person, cool. If you have more than that, you're awesome. Exactly. All right, I got I got two more things I want to talk with you, then we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Man. Okay, man. It's, um, and it's, it's something that, I, honestly, I don't know a lot about. I've heard about it. I, I need to do more research on it. Uh, what do you know about Title Nine? Title Nine, that's some type of suspension. Um, no, title. Well, as far as what I know about Title Nine is, it, it basically it says that you have to offer. Um, how can I put it? Basically, things have to be even across the board for men and women. So, uh, if you have a men's basketball team, you have to have a women's basketball team. If you have, uh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, if you got like a women's rowing team, it has to be you know it has to be available a, a men's rowing team type of thing. But um, as as far as Title IX kept coming up in the Baylor situation, basically um, it, it has something to do with funding as well. So what basically because Baylor wasn't doing what they were supposed to do as far as the investigation. Uh, People started going after the, the, their Title IX rights or something like that. I, yeah. Like I said, I got to do more research about it. I don't know how much you know about it. Um. All right. So Title IX is a portion of the United States Education Amendments, which was of 1972. 
No person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving financial, the federal financial assistance. Okay. Hopefully that helps. So that 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 yeah, man, you yeah that helps. Um, dog. See, you know me. Why not sports, man? Hashtag. It just what I, I've said this a few times on the show. Life is unfair. In this case, women are being treated unfairly, especially as far as like the Baylor situation. Because, like you said, things that happen on the men's team. For, for football, it's affecting their pocket when they have nothing right. to do with it. So now, like you said, my, you said my daughter, she uh, she hooping. Hey, hey, Tom, I want to go to Baylor. I'm like, no, nah, you ain't going to Baylor. They, and when the program, I'm like, why can't we get, you know, Miss Murph? I'm like, hey, your, your, dude, your, men, your men's uh, program of football messing up. But like you yeah. said, it's up, to, it's up to the university to make sure they put the money to where it's like, you know what, they just got to put the money into those other areas that are not doing wrong. Because the ones that are doing wrong is affecting everybody else and is making them look bad. And then, like you said, too, uh, about Baylor, man, they're holding um, 25% of their revenue for, I think, for the next year or two, something like that, until they finish the investigation. Yeah, they put in there, like, yeah, I think it was like 25% of the money. I think it ended up being like 8.5 million. I think that's the number I heard. Put that money Crazy. Yeah. Do you see how much money in, do you see, why, why can't you pay the student athlete? I'm, I'm done with that, man. <laughs> I, I'm going to drop my phone. I'm going to end it on that note. I know you got another question or two, but I just had to say, that's a prime example. What was the well, amount well, you just well, said that Baylor is holding? That's not including, like I said, the North Carolina. Or these big, you know, universities, USC. Yeah, like Baylor just started becoming a good football program. Imagine with like oh, wow. Michigan or Alabama or something. Thank you. What? So pay these athletes. What was the amount you said that they withholding from the university? I want to. I want to say the number I heard was eight point five million. It was some. It was in the millions. Yeah, I wonder if they're holding this. Yeah. Let me hold a thousand But remember, too, man, the NCAA, um, I don't know if you heard, but they were sending out checks, man, to the former athletes because of the video games. They were sending yeah. checks out because they was using our faces and our universities without – our consent, and they end up paying us. So, again, pay the student athletes. And that's the other thing, man. It's like, y'all can't make money off of y'all, y'all like this, but. <laughs> I'm in my zone, that dog. I'm in my zone. Pay the athletes. Pay the student athletes, man. Well, the last question, I want, the last thing I wanted to bring up was, and I, I, I feel bad because I forget what this guy's name is. But basically, he is the guy that started – he basically started the NCAA. And he's the one that came – he literally came up with the term student-athlete. And the reason why he did it was because, I mean, basically, he didn't want to pay the, the student-athletes. 
So they, they made them amateurs so that you wouldn't have to pay them, but they can make money yeah. off of their backs. So in 1988, he stepped down from the NCAA. But then, like, 10 years later, he ended up giving a speech before he died. He was saying that basically it wasn't right that they're not paying the players. But, dude, you, you were in control of the NCAA for, I think it was like 30, 40 years, when you're the one that literally started this. You're the one that yeah. said, we're paying these players. But yeah. now, all of a sudden, you, you stand back and you look at it and you realize this is wrong. And in the documentary I watched, it was the, the big story in it is that there was a guy who ended up getting hurt playing football. He was paralyzed from, from the uh, neck down. Mm-hmm. He was suing, uh, I forget what school it was, he ended up suing the school to, you know, get his medical bills paid. But basically they were saying, like, no, you got hurt, you know, playing a, not as an employee because he basically was trying to say that he was a state employee. But, no, they just said, no, you're, you're an athlete, a student athlete, and you just happen to get hurt. We're not liable. So after seeing this, it's like, how did you not realize what you were doing was wrong then? But you walk away and take 10 years to realize what you did before was wrong. Can, can, I, you, can I say? It makes you yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, Emmett Till, that's all I'm going to say. What happened? What happened with that? Do you see a correlation? It's 100%. Okay. Continue. I wanted to put that out there, man, for my listeners that's rocking with me, man. I'm in the zone now. I'm in the zone. And, and, you know, it's, it's uh, ironic thing about that is after, you know, thinking about the Emmett Till situation and thinking about uh, the, the guy that ran the NCAA, um, I'm actually going to do an episode in the future talking to uh, a friend of mine. She's a psychologist, you know, trying to figure out, like, what's the, what is the, the mentality behind that, that Wait until you're about to die to you know, reveal yep. all this information. Yes, sir. Like, why why does go. that happen? But that's, that's a future episode, man. But Good. I look forward to listening yeah, to it, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But basically, this guy's telling you what I, what I did was wrong. We should be paying these players. So if the guy that did it is telling you to pay, to pay, uh, the players should be paid, what does that tell you? Damn. If it ain't on paper, man, it's, it's kind of hard. You got a verbal commitment, and then you got what's on paper. That's why they say power of the pen. goes a long way, man. Yeah. Well, we'll go ahead and start wrapping this up, man. So, like, in your mind, man, like, how, do, how what is the solution? Yeah, no, yeah, we definitely got to pay them, but how do we start? How do we actually start getting that, that done? We just ain't here to talk about it. Correct. So what, what are we going to actually do about it? You know what I mean? And that's one and that's one thing, too, man. I've been um, fortunate enough to reach back to my university, man. Um, I'll be able to go out there, um, at least for this upcoming summer, reach out to the team. I think it, it, it takes people like alumni or people that have been successful, not only as athletes but students, because every university has people that are very successful in the real world. So I think it, it, it's going to be a combination of, us going back, giving some type of support, whether it's our time financially or a combination of both, and just being able to enrich the student athletes or that university with tips and tools that they need to help them once they're done in you know in their career, and you know just slowly each university should start doing like cold calls where they call people that's alumni. 
or who went there uh-huh. and just say, hey, you know, we having certain events for alumni or we having certain events for people that have played or who have been here and just want to have an event where we're going to give back to our university and just have a panel of certain people throughout the summer and do something like that, man. I think if every university do something like that and be consistent with it, like potentially RG3 might go back to Baylor, bring a few people that's in the NFL with him so they can help those guys out. So I think just overall just giving back, man, to where we went. If the, if the NCAA isn't going to pay them, pay the players, I think that will be a start. So that will give a lot of student athletes an opportunity to think outside the box and see, hey, this is the things that we did to make it. Now, you might not be able to do the same things, but at least take what you believe you can benefit from and and go from there. So that would be the biggest thing that I would say, man, just being able to go back to our universities and give back. All right. And and I, I think too, like like your show, uh, the Talking Out podcast, and you know what we're doing here right now, man, letting people realize yeah, like how, how how much of a hypocrisy it really is, man. Because honestly, over like the past, I say six seven years of my life, man, college sports hasn't been the same for me after I found out like how things really are. Like I say, after like after like the whole Penn State after. uh USC, after all these different mm-hmm. scandals that kept coming up, and I really realized what was going on, mm-hmm. and honestly, it's hard for me to watch college football the same way, man. I don't look yeah. at it as that same pure sport that I did when I was a kid, man. And, I mean, I don't, I'm man. Laughing. Like, I'm laughing, though, D, because people say that about life, though. I had a person yeah, reach out to me, and I'm not going to change the subject. I just want to say this. I had a person reach out to me and say murder. The older I get, the harder it gets. I'm seeing things that I didn't see as a kid. I'm like, that's yeah. why you got to find that foundation and make yourself strong, aware, and stay woke so you won't fall into that trap. It's going to sting to be different or to be outspoken, but if you stay within that strong foundation, you'll be fine, and then you can you know, reciprocate what you're doing or what you will be doing to other people that need it. So, but that's all I want to say. You know, I get excited, man. You know, <laughs> man. See, you know what, man? I see what KT was talking about, man. <laughs> I see exactly what you talking about, dude. <laughs> Shout out to KT from talking about, but you have to go, man. You have to, because I'm in the same boat. I lived it, man. I grew up without my right. father. You know my story. If you, yeah, you know, yeah, I grew yeah. Up, yeah yeah, I grew up. I grew up without my father. I had my mother. She had me. Uh, she was raising me at the age of sixteen. So it was basically two babies raising each other. And again, I love my mother. But man, a right. lot that I've learned being without my father for over twenty plus years, really not having that male figure to help me decide which school I'm going to, to help me while I'm in college, to help me as a you know man, let alone a husband. And I'm still here to talk to Devin, you know, <laughs> Mr. McKenzie, all steak, no fizzle. I'm yes, just saying, sir. man, I have to have a positive outlook, man. So shout out to my supporters. And thank you, Lord. You know? Shout out, <laughs> shout out to KT, man, talking out, man. <laughs> yeah. and, shout out, and shout out to you, man. I'm, I'm definitely uh, going to be following the show uh, a lot oh, closer now, man. man. 
Oh, man, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity, man. And that's the show this too, man. You doing your thing, we talked about this offline, but I'm going to let the world know. You have a sports show. I have a sports show. But it's nothing but love. If I can do whatever I can do to support you, I am. And I think that's another thing, not only for student athletes, but for this community. We need to find ways to look out for each other. So, like, when I do touchdown back in the Midwest, I'm definitely going to try to reach out to you. Hopefully we can link up because we need each other. Our community needs each other now more than ever. So that's good. Right. That's another thing. Let's throw that out there, too. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, man? I, I'm, I haven't made my decision yet, but I might be down in Dallas in uh, May, and I might actually be in Houston in uh, November, man. So we'll see, man. Okay. Well, I'm supposed trip. to do that matchup with Q in May, too, because I think that's his birthday. So I don't know if you're coming around his birthday or not from Critical Dump. Hmm. Like, what, 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 uh, when in May? Oh, man, shoot. He's a, <clears throat> I don't know when he's going to have his party. You know, CPT, you know, color people time. You know, he don't know when he's going to say it, but he said it's going to be in May. Yeah, Q. Shout out to you, too, Q. Well, yeah, man, uh, we were going uh, myself and Big Roy and a few other podcasts, man. Things about well, we are going to go up there in May to uh, to go kick it with them. So um, okay, I'm just not I'm just not sure when the day is, but as soon as I find out, or you know, or he'll let you know. But whatever it is, man, yeah, that might be a good time. For at least that way, you can kill multiple birds with one stone if you can. But if not, that's understandable. Uh, yeah, keep me in the loop, man, because uh, Q, actually, Q is kind of a person that, you know, he, he threw it in my ear, like, hey, you might want to go holler at D. Murph, man. Like, he, uh, yep, the two of y'all might be able to work well together. I know he did the same with you, man. He said something to you about uh, working with me, man. So, shout yeah, out to Q. Thank you, Q. You better, Again, Q, you, you're part of that movement, what we were talking about, man, community. It takes another brother not to have no jealous moments. Not to be envious. It's kind of like, yo, man, you doing your thing, you doing your thing. Let's find a way to use all of our talents and build the momentum, man, because our people need it, man. A lot of people still out there hurting, man. So, again, I appreciate you allowing me to be on your platform, man, being able to tell my story and show people we can work well together. There's no egos. Exactly. Hey, man, if uh, we can work it out, man, if you need me on your show, man, hey, we'll make that happen. Man, come on, you know that's going to happen soon. Now that I'm doing Skype. You know I'm, I'm doing Skype, though, dog. I'm like big time now. No, I'm just playing. I'm working on it, though. But, yeah, no, that's absolutely, man. I got a few things in uh, in store, too, man, um, that I'm going to release to the to the world, man, within the next couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, you definitely uh, be a part of that, too, man, which I'm very excited about. So, yes, sir, absolutely. That's what's up. Hey, and one last thing, man. I was thinking about this. Listen to the uh, episodes, dude. We got to get a pie squad fantasy football league. Hey, man, what you man? Shoot, man. See, well, who's gonna be the commissioner though? See, I'm all I'm asking a business question. We can do it, but who's gonna be the commissioner? Who's gonna make sure everything gets set up? Who's gonna collect the? Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Who's gonna do all that? Uh, hey, you the one with the business degree, man. I said you. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've had some people reach out to me, and they was like, yeah, that would be dope. So we, right now we got six. So I was like, wow, you know, the episode just, you know, uh, came out a week ago. I'm thinking, but well, who going to set it up? Hey, we all, all I'm saying is 
Hey, all I'm saying is when you make out the check to me, make sure you spell the name right. It's D-E-V-I. <laughs> you know, I'm down. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. <laughs> well, you know what? No problem. But as we get closer, yeah, we definitely going to make something happen, man. So I appreciate that. So you make seven now, man. So I don't know if we're going to do What's a up? 10 or 12 league. Hey, it really don't matter, man. I destroyed all y'all, man. That's all. That's what really matters at the end. Well, you know, Kale is a champion. You know, I'm a champion. Big uh, Warrior champion. I'm just saying. I mean, everybody got experience, so it's it's gonna be good. For us. But you're not. You, you, I would be glad to send that check or whatever the championship trophy is your way. For sure, for sure. <laughs> man, we'll make that happen, man. But once again, thank you for being on the show, man. And before you go, man, go ahead and tell the people again about your, your show and throw your social media out there where they can catch your show, man. All right, all right. Well, everybody, again, man, thank you guys for tuning in. My name is D Murph, host of Why Not Sports. Um, just reach me on social media, Twitter and IG at IsDMurph. You can also follow the podcast page on Facebook.com slash Why Not Sports. You can hear the show on SoundCloud, on Google Play, or iTunes. Right now I'm dropping every Monday where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of sports and how it impacts your everyday life. Man, for sure. D. Murph, man, once again, man, this is a pleasure. Appreciate having you on the show, man. Thank you for doing this, man. And like I said, we'll definitely be uh, waking up some other time, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Appreciate you, man. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right, you too, man. All right, both. All right, peace. Man, I want to thank my man D Murph for being on the show, man. It it was a pleasure recording with with you, brother. Uh, make sure y'all go check him out on his different social media platforms. I know he's on Twitter, he's on Instagram. I'm. I think he's working on a Snapchat, like he said. But uh, you can hit him up at it's D Murph. That's I T S D M U R P H. And make sure you go check out his episode he just dropped on Monday. Him and uh, Big Roy are recapping their uh, Super Bowl weekend. D Murph lives down there in the Houston area, man, and uh, had a good time, man. We we kind of had a little conversation about it, man, and. He jumps into it in depth on uh, his episode this week. So make sure y'all go check him out. Like I said, hit him up on his social media, man. And once again, thank you, D. Murph, for uh, being on the show, man. Like I said, shout out to everybody in the pod squad. Thank all y'all. Um, and once again, man, make sure y'all go show some love to my niece, to Kenya. Uh, her anniversary episode is coming out, I think, today, if not today, sometime this week. Uh, go show her some love. Wish her a happy anniversary. <laughs> next week, people. Next week, we're going to be jumping into our Black History uh, episode. I, I pushed it back too far now. I, I have to put it out next week. So next week, I'm going to be joined by a very special lady. Um, <laughs> lady that brought me in this world and told me she'll take me out, too. Um, I'm joined by my mother, and actually my father pops up on the episode too, man. So you get to get to meet Mr. and Mrs. McKenzie. Looking forward to that episode. So uh, we're gonna start, you know, jumping into the whole integration of the schools down there in in uh, Equipment, Mississippi. My mother was a part of the first integrated graduating class in the city of Equipment. I, I call her the civil rights legend. <laughs> 
So uh, we we get to jump into her story and uh, you know start laying down the foundation for for that series of shows. So make sure y'all listen to that next week and y'all can listen to that on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere you can hear a podcast, you'll be able to hear my show now. Like I said, I've made it to the big time people. While you're on there, make sure you like, subscribe, rate, uh, comment on the show, and. Man, let me let me get y'all opinion on the conversation me and D Murph had. You know, we we talked about various uh, topics dealing with the NCAA. I want to hear y'all opinion, man. Make sure y'all comment on the SoundCloud page or on uh, Stitcher or you know wherever you can leave comments at. If you want to, you know, shoot me a message personally, you can do so on Twitter at Devin the Six Three. That's D E V I N T H E Six Three. You can hit me up on Instagram at Allstate No Sizzle. It's all one word. Or you can hit me up on Facebook. Just type in Allstate No Sizzle in your search bar, and it'll pop right up. And if you want to shoot me an email, you can do so at asnspodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, hit up D Murph too, man. Like I said, his Twitter, Instagram, his all his social media is the same. It's D Murph. So uh, let us know what you th- think about our comments about, you know, the different topics to be brought up on the show man so all that being said people thank you all for listening to the show make sure you tune in next week like subscribe rate the show share it with other people spread the word people i need your help spread the word and all that being said thank you all for listening and i'll check you out next week peace